0: Good morning welcome back to another morning java brought to you by our friends at the get-go cafe and market where right now uh they're still open they're doing curbside pickup uh you order on the giant eagle app you can go in uh pull up and they bring it out to uh to your car i've been doing that with milkshakes Their milkshakes are great uh birthday cake is my favorite right now but uh yeah the big uh i don't know if it's big news but crosby uh he's missed what, two days of camp now He left uh, the. Just the first scrimmage they had, and we haven't heard anything yet. Um, and I think just the way that the NHL has been handling this is kind of goofy. Uh, I don't know what you think about how they're not allowed to tell us anything. And then people keep asking Sullivan on these Zoom calls, like, you know, if there's any update on Crosby, and they're, they're literally not allowed to tell us anything.
1: No, I mean, it, it's pretty ridiculous. I, I think it's safe to assume that this isn't coronavirus-related because – he probably didn't receive a positive test result in the middle of practice the other day or in the middle of a scrimmage. Um, From what I've heard from people inside the organization who presumably have a good sense of, of what's going on. It's not anything significant. It is something that doesn't feel right to Crosby. And I think at this point, at least it seems like one of those out of an abundance of caution, uh, Situations where you figure that if uh, if he has to take a few days off, uh, he will still be ready physically and mentally for uh, for the game on August first. I think that unless his injury is uh, far more significant than than anyone, at least on the outside, seems to believe at this point, that they probably have bigger concerns than his physical status.
0: Yeah, I just—I mean, watching that scrimmage, I saw him go down, go down the to the locker room, and it's not like he like took like a big hit or you know collided with anyone before that. And he did take the time to uh, gather all of his sticks and walk down. So I think if he was like dealing with something serious, he wouldn't have been taking his time going back to the locker room. And it just—I uh, I think I, I get what the NHL was doing when they came up with this system for dealing. With any kind of announcement, with players being absent, because you know, if, if it's the start of a practice and someone just doesn't show up, it could be coronavirus, it could be an injury, um, and in that case, like I get them wanting to keep it secret. But like, if it's something like Crosby, where like we saw him leave in the middle of practice, like it's probably not coronavirus. Um, the, they could they couldn't even tell us like day to day or week to week because. If with them saying nothing, it just leads to a lot of a lot more people speculating. Um,
1: yeah, I'm not sure why the league and the Players Association uh, seem to be concerned about word getting out if a player has a coronavirus positive uh, test result. I, if, if there's a stigma associated with that particular disease, I'm not aware of it. Um, I I don't know that there's any sort of scandal that would be associated with with a player uh, contracting that particular ailment. So I'm not sure why the League and the Players Association, which which were in together on formulating this policy, why they decided that this was necessary. And we, we actually had an item in our Friday Insider a couple of weeks ago suggesting that the, precisely this sort of thing could happen with uh, rampant speculation because you're n- not providing information on, on pretty basic health issues. Um, I, I really don't see what's what's in it for the league, but a lot of things that the league does baffle me. So I guess this is no exception.
0: Yeah, I, I did see uh, some, I guess, stigma. Like on, on social, it was when uh, it came out like a Canadian player tested positive. I saw people uh, replying on social like, oh, I thought hockey players would be smarter about this. So I think there could be the perception that if a player catches coronavirus, he did something wrong where it was, I mean, that's not necessarily the case. They could catch it anywhere. Uh, it could be someone in their family going to the grocery store and they get it from them. Like, so I, I, get, I get that, that if someone did come down with coronavirus, they might want to protect them in that way. So it, people don't blame the player for getting sick. But then I mean, just what would it's turn into. I mean, a guy could uh, break his leg at center ice in front of us. We could all see it, and all they would tell us is that he's unfit to play. So uh, it's a little goofy, a little misguided. But uh, like you said, that's a lot of what the NHL is. Well, I
1: wish you could say this as an exception to the way things are uh, conducted by the league. But it really kind of falls in line with, with a lot of what it does
0: All right, Dave. As of Monday, the Penguins have had two scrimmages now, um, and I mean, with with not a whole lot going on in sports, you know, people are reading into the goaltender's performance. And I know that that first one, Matt Murray did not have a good day. <laughs> Seven goals, I think, like four of them came in quick succession. And then, I mean, I watched him. He he went out on the ice after that scrimmage and to work on on shootouts with Marlow and McCann. And it's like he was not stopping any of them I mean he, he let in I know it's like the first four and a good number of the ones after that he was just having a really rough day and I both goaltenders then on Monday had a pretty good performance and then I, I just how, how much can you take away from this when deciding who the game one started it's going to be you know given their their body of work from the regular season how, how much would a bad performance in a scrimmage like this affect that decision do you think
1: I don't think it will carry a whole lot of weight particularly when it was the uh the first scrimmage. Um I think the game one starters job is Matt Murray's to lose and he would have to do an awful lot wrong in the next couple of weeks to to lose it. I think what you're playing or what uh he and uh, Tristan Jarry are playing for now is the length of the leash that Murray will be on, um, because Tristan Jarry had such a strong season. Uh, I I think he has to be considered more of a candidate to replace Murray if Murray would struggle against the Canadians than say Casey DeSmith would if if he were in the backup role. Um, but you know Matt Murray very clearly has Mike Sullivan's confidence, uh, has since their days together in Wilkes-Barre. And I think it will take an awful lot going wrong uh, for Murray, for Sullivan to to consider making a change.
0: Yeah. And I mean, Jari's been having a very, very good camp. He's been sharp. I mean, that, that first scrimmage, it, it was like, I don't think there was ever a moment where I thought he was in danger of letting in any of those shots. And I, so I, I think – I don't know how – what the leash would be like you said. He would have to look pretty bad once we get to to game one. And I know a lot of people read into – it's like that first scrimmage, Murray was on the team of, like, the bottom six guys that he was playing against Crosby and Malkin. I know people – a lot of people took that as, like, a give, that, like, okay, it's it's locked in, he's set. But then they, they did switch that in Monday's scrimmage. Jari, they switched goalies, Jari. Was the one facing Crosby and Malkin and, and Jari did say that they haven't been told anything about their roles yet but I mean I they wouldn't anyway this point in camp he um and both of them have spoken during camp now about how I get they get pushed by the other and it's because both of them are capable of, of being starters uh so all right so the Penguins got good news on Monday that the nine players initially held out from training camp due to uh, what they called possible secondary exposure to someone with coronavirus—it uh, was just an abundance of caution thing. They're holding those guys out. They were cleared to to return to camp, so they didn't play in that first scrimmage. Uh, they they skated on on their own with the Smith and Larmy on the second rink. But I mean, the most notable of those guys, really, one of, the only notable ones is Hornquist, um, who, I mean, probably has a spot in this lineup. But in his in his absence, that kind of spot on the third line has been filled with Lafferty and Rodriguez, who uh, both of them have been having a very good camp. I, I mean that that first that first scrimmage, uh, Lafferty would have been my my number one star, number two star, and then after uh, Crosby went down, I mean Lafferty got moved up to to first line center, uh, and then well, Rodriguez was first line center in that second game. So uh, I just what have, what have you seen from those two guys? Or you know how have, have they surprised
1: you? Uh, I I think they've both made a push for some playing time, um, in, in the the Montreal series. I don't know that if uh, if the Penguins are able to stay healthy up front. And assuming that Crosby is back, uh, that either of them will be in the uh, in the lineup for Game One. I do think Hornfist will be. Um, it's, you know, he, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be very difficult to justify keeping him out of a high stakes game. And I don't think it's like he, uh, has gotten terribly out of shape during, uh, his, uh, time of, uh, abundant caution. Uh, so he'll be there. And if nothing else, Mike Sullivan has to be feeling pretty good about having guys like uh, Lafferty and Rodriguez at his disposal uh, if somebody you know <laughs> with the Penguins this year you can probably assume that somebody's going to get hurt yeah. probably multiple somebodies are going to get hurt and so having capable replacements to plug in um, is is obviously going to be important and you know in, in addition to having a lot of capable bodies the Penguins have a lot of versatile bodies um, Lafferty and Rodriguez are, are two prime examples who play on the wing, but can also be plugged in at center and, and do a pretty fair job as as Lafferty did when he took over for Crosby on Saturday and, and Rodriguez on Monday. Um again, you, you don't want to read too much into training camp scrimmages, but but when guys perform as well as those two did against some some pretty fair competition at the very least it makes you want to pay attention to how they do o- over the rest of, of camp and, you know, regard them as serious candidates for some planning time.
0: Yeah. I mean, before, before Crosby went down, you know, they were on that, the team that the forwards were the bottom six guys. So they're going up against Crosby Malkin. And uh, I mean, a lot of the key guys and they were having uh great games. Both of them had a couple of breakaways. They had scoring chances where, I mean, uh, Lafferty had a goal in that first one, Rodriguez in the second. They had a lot more chances where, uh, I mean, they they could have scored. And uh, like you said, the versatility, like Sullivan pointed to that after the first scrimmage where, I mean, not only do they have a deep lineup, but they have a lot of versatile guys like that who can step in, play multiple positions. I mean, Rodriguez center in both wings, uh, Lafferty center in wing, like you said. So, uh, if if someone goes down, or I guess you'd say when someone goes down with this team, those guys would be the the first to step in, and they're they're not they would not be in a bad position. Uh, I with 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 those two coming to the lineup, and I think you know Lafferty especially. We saw it's hard to judge off of these scrimmages, but I guess flashes of what he looked like when he first joined this team when he got called up, uh, especially with with the speed the speed he was playing with in that first scrimmage. I mean. That it was like that was like one of the biggest things I noticed in that scrimmage, just how uh, he was flying everywhere. And that's, I mean, he, he got himself a few breakaway chances just because of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, those those two, I mean, they've got to be the two biggest surprises of camp, right? Would you say?
1: Yeah, to this point, I mean, there's still a lot of camp left. We don't want to be passing final judgments on on those guys or anybody else, good or bad, uh, at this point. But uh, Lafferty, uh, I agree with you that he looked much more like he did at the start of the season than he did as the season moved along. Um, he, uh, you know, he certainly opened some eyes during camp and in the early weeks of, of the regular season, um, much as he did uh, to grab attention in the early days of this camp. And if he can, if he can continue to perform at that level, um you know he'll he'll make himself an integral part of this team and he won't have to worry about renting in Wilkesbury anymore yeah.